What's up, folks? Welcome to Fretz's Fave 5, Episode 4. I am Mr. Fretz from the Game Changer Podcast on Russell Addict Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Legendary JF. And despite the fact that this song is playing, I am not down with the sickness. My goodness, what a week it's been. Not only in wrestling, but in life in general. In one evening, well, at least for me, uh, after working Tuesday overnight, sleeping for most of Wednesday, and waking up to everything being cancelled, I was just, I'm flabbergasted, and you know what? I hope that this show, that this Patreon show, and you know what? I'm going to release this episode for free on my personal feed on anchor.fm slash fretzelmania, F-R-E-T-Z-L-E mania. So you can leave me an uh, anchor voice message there, providing that you have the app. I would love to talk to you. I would love to know how you're feeling, how you're coping with this, how you're down with this sickness, if you will. <laughs> uh, I'm going to try and pick out my five favorite moments. The week in wrestling from March. Oh, I almost said February. March 8th to 14th. I would pull off the classic Simpsons line, lousy smarch weather, but I'm looking out my window and it is still beautiful and sunny at 7.36 p.m. on Sunday, March the 15th. And folks, I just want to say that my heart is going out to every single one of you who are dealing with uh, Steve Carino virus in, in one way or another. You know, uh, I, I gave this line to John Ritland on his uh, Real Honesty uh, YouTube wrestling series, which I highly suggest checking out, that in one year, we went from Kofi mania to, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it, COVID mania. Yes, folks, I use comedy as a coping mechanism. Um, you know, I am, a re- I am a retail worker, so I've been busting my balls uh, trying to get my workplace up to snuff, you know, sanitized and safe and, you know, stocked up for, for people who are shopping. And uh, please stop panic shopping. I, you know, I'm optimistic that everything's going to be fine. You know, my heart is going also out to those people in uh, places that are being forced to basically stay indoors, like uh, Italy and Spain. I think I still have a friend out in Spain. Uh, Anna will never hear this. She doesn't know I exist. She was a foreign exchange student student during high school, and that was over 20 years ago. Anyways, that's more than enough waffling. I will start with my number one up. Number one, but not actual number one. This is in no particular order. Okay, let's go. My first one is... Edge making his return to Monday Night Raw after an almost two-month absence selling his injuries from the vicious attack by Randy Orton with 
you know, the RKO and the Concerto the night after the Royal Rumble, actually. I, I seem to remember that now. Was that already two months ago? Ugh, yikes. My, my goodness. So, MVP was in the ring for some reason with his, I don't know if he was doing the uh, MVP lounge or, excuse me while I take a sip of the bubbly. Um, lime bubbly sparkling water, not the bubbly uh, champagne that Chris Jericho refuses to sell in liquor stores in Canada. What the hell, Chris? So, MVP is like, you know, talking about how he wants to start a stable for some reason, and he brings up Edge. Uh, and, you know, Edge comes out, he calls out Randy Orton, and MVP, uh, he brought up Beth Phoenix. No, no, you, you don't do that, bud. Uh, of course, you know, Randy Orton laid out Beth Phoenix with an RKO on, on Raw the previous week, which is now going to be two weeks ago by the time you hear this. Anyways, uh... So Randy Orton comes out of nowhere, but Edge manages to turn the tables and hit him with the RKO. So he must have been pressing uh, L2 with uh, Triangle and Square, if you are the type that's been playing Fire Pro Wrestling. Which, if you haven't, what the heck is wrong with you? Fire Pro Wrestling is amazing, especially when you get the massive amount of DLC that this game is still offering today. Like, in the past couple of months, I think they released a DLC for members of the Stardom roster. Now, I will admit that I don't watch Stardom. I don't know who any of these young ladies are, and I did not get this DLC. But there are some wicked finishers I would use in that game. <laughs> so, Orton manages to escape. Uh, Edge ends up choking out MVP with, uh, look like some kind of... I forget if it was kind of a sleeper hold or if it was like the standing hug version that Jake Hager and Braun Strowman have done. You know, as I've said, I've been really busy this week, so all the wrestling I've watched is a blur. So I managed to take a few notes during the week, and you know, this is right beside my notes I took for you know, recording with Nate on Thursday night. Uh, yeah, I cut one heck of a promo on Steve Carino virus because Thursday was the day that my NHL season was cancelled. You know, you guys know that I'm a diehard Toronto Maple Leafs fan despite the fact that I spend more time criticizing them than loving them because I think they should be better, better than they are and possibly ruling the Atlantic Division. Anyways, uh, Edge chokes out MVP, hits him with two, two, I think he hits two concertos. Uh, that was actually very, very vicious looking and it was awesome. And I realized that last Sunday was also Elimination Chamber, so I have two moments from that very show, uh, followed by one from SmackDown and one from NXT. So, number two. Drew Gulak and Daniel Bryan from Elimination Chamber this past... Yeah, one week ago tonight. My goodness, this was just solid fundamentals. This was one hell 
of a match. Technical mastery, you know, weeks leading up to this, you know, Gulak and Brian were talking backstage about, oh, I know your weaknesses, Daniel, and I'm going to, you know, expose them. And throughout portions of this match, you know, Drew Gulak was working Daniel Bryan's neck. There was, you know, opening with, you know, takedowns and submission moves and, you know, as they would say, solid fundamentals. This reminded me a lot of a, uh, like a Nigel McGuinness match from Ring of Honor back when he was uh, wrestling for the short-lived Pure Championship. I forget exactly which... Uh, what, what, I'm sorry, that entailed. But, you know, the crowd, of course, was firmly behind Daniel Bryan, despite the fact that this was in Drew Gulak's hometown of uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, Gulak was, you know, rocking the 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 Flyers colors. Uh, I got to give a shout out uh, to Scott Rand for that. Uh, you know, him being a Flyers fan, um, Myself, you know, I said earlier, I love the Maple Leafs, but uh, I share a hometown with Flyers legend, the late Rick McLeish, who uh, played with the, the Flyers during the Broad Street Bully days of the 70s with, you know, Bobby Clark and Bernie Perrant and, uh, and that whole crowd, winning, winning, I think, two Stanley Cups in his career. Uh, I met Rick on a number of occasions, and he was... Uh, a total gentleman. His uh, his brother is one of the people that gave me my nickname when I was a kid, uh, Chopper. Uh, you here on the Russell Attic Radio Fam are officially not allowed to ever call me that because that is something from my childhood, from when I briefly for bah, I mean briefly played hockey. I played one season in Tyke. So, <laughs> anyways, here. They kept using these technical uh, exchanges throughout the match. It devolved into a battle of kicks. Uh, Drew Gulak used just a disgusting-looking Saito suplex. I think he even rocked out a German suplex. I'm not sure if he uh, administered the Gulak, because unfortunately I had to uh, step out uh, to my workplace and uh, you know lock up my my workplace because uh some people had to leave early so i was uh, all i had to do was walk down the street three doors down from my house and set the alarm code and come back i missed the end of this match however i i caught wind of some highlights and uh, uh brian used the uh, labelle lock to make drew pass out uh yeah, the gulak. It says here the gulak was reversed, and the yes lock or the or the label lock, whatever you want to call it, uh, was reversed for a submission victory. And I thought I heard that it was pass out, not tap out. I might be wrong, uh, folks. If I am, please hit me up in the comment section, or better yet, just uh, tweet me or send me uh, a DM on Facebook and or um, um, Twitter. Yes. And although I had something else wrote down for my number three, I'm going to have to change it now that I read through the results because 
I almost forgot about something very awesome that happened. And maybe I will call this my 3 and then my next one my 3.5. So, next, if you didn't catch that uh, little blurb at the beginning as I tried to implement his entrance theme here, but I already have too much other crap in the background. Yes, it is one of my favorite Canadians in wrestling today, Sami Zayn, finally, finally getting a singles title on main roster WWE after being up for, uh, what is it, almost five years now? When, when, when was he up? Uh, Nakamura and him wrestling at TakeOver Dallas, which was... So many 32 uh yeah five it, it, it would be five years now uh, my goodness time flies man yeah next month i'm turning wrestlemania years old imagine that how old is that google it kids so this was kind of a nothing match but this was just the moment itself was so shocking and crazy i believe I was either in in the bathroom, in my bedroom, doing something, I think, for this very podcast, <laughs> or just not paying attention to Elimination Chamber Pot, because well, the show was, it wasn't good, but it wasn't bad. It was just an okay show. It was a prolonged episode of SmackDown or Raw, with a few things that were great sprinkled in here and there like the aforementioned Gulak and Brian match uh, and this moment uh you know this was a three-on-one handicap match between intercontinental champion Braun Strowman defending against the team of Shinsuke Nakamura Cesaro and their manager kind of in parentheses excuse me Sami Zayn now Strowman did his usual, you know, roar, you know, run around the ring, do the whole charging stampede thing, big gold brawn, flipping uh, recycle bins and trucks, and, you know, wash these hands and, uh, and uh, things. Huh. And then there was a spot in the match where they were triple teaming Braun, and Cesaro and Nakamura uh, lifted him up for a double suplex. And Sami Zayn would hit a halluva kick, kind of in, in an inverted fashion because Braun was upside down, to him covering Braun, which I kind of called was going to happen at the beginning of this match. And Zayn is the intercontinental champion. I couldn't be happier for him. I've been a big fan of Sami since, since he was El Generico in, in Ring of Honor. Although I was more on the side of Kevin Owens, or Kevin Steen, if you will, because, you know, I just, I love heels, I'm a heel guy, and Kevin Owen, uh, Steen played an amazing, despicable, dickhead heel in Ring of Honor. And he's brought that to the WWE, even though he's been more of a, of a babyface as of late, uh, you know, his work as a heel is effective and so is Sammy's. Uh Sammy is just really good at being a heel. I I remember a Monday night 
uh, wasn't a Raw or SmackDown, but it, it was a show that took place in his hometown of uh, Montreal, Quebec, Canada. And the crowd was uh, singing along the whoa. And of course, doing their patented ole, 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 ole chant that you would often hear at Montreal Canadiens games at the at the Bell Center. Uh, and by the way, folks, don't walk all over Montreal, Montreal in a Toronto Maple Leafs t-shirt. You will get the nastiest of abuse hurled at you. Uh, I learned all of the French swear words that day. Uh, tabernacle, calice, de gueux, all that stuff. But I also used to work with... Uh, a bunch of people from Quebec, so I learned it from them as well. <laughs> yeah, try working in a kitchen with a bunch of fr uh, francophones. It's fun. Actually, these folks were great people. Uh, shout out to La Finesse Catering, who will never, ever hear this. I don't know if they still exist. <laughs> so, yeah, and Sammy would get the, palm, the crowd in the palm of his hands. And then, just like that, heat, dickhead mode. I don't know if he said something about the Bruins or the Leafs, but that's how you get heat in Mo in Montreal. I did walk into a souvenir shop, and a guy said there, hey, English boy, you have a lot of balls to wear the Toronto Maple Leaf in this city. Uh, if you were Boston, you've been fucking shot by now. And I said, hey, dude, uh, with all due respect, uh, Patrick Waugh is my all-time favorite goalie. That's actually true. Uh, Montreal and Colorado, great. Uh, Patrick Waugh. Uh, can you get something for someone who is a, a Habs fan? My brother. Mm, well, okay. Only because you're not wearing Boston. Come here. Uh, very funny. Uh, very funny time. So Sami Zayn, uh, one of my favorite Canadians, finally, finally, finally having a singles title. And you know what? Screw 3.5. Uh, number four is the Elimination uh, Chamber Tag Team Championship Match. Uh championship match wow why was that a big time tongue uh tongue twister so we had the usos the new day the lucha house party miz and morrison hey hey ho ho that's never gonna get over guys uh heavy machinery and uh ziggly rude uh what did we want to call this tag team i remember either it was also on russell attic radio or you know the twitter verse had uh, something to do glorious zigs I, I i i don't know the can-am connection 3.0 because a canadian and american no oh, how are they gonna get along hmm, gee i wonder how nate <laughs> just kidding buddy i love you tons so this match was just wall-to-wall -wall insanity uh i didn't i didn't think i mean <clears throat> I had very low expectations coming into this match, but knowing the talent we had in this chamber, I was proven extremely wrong. I mean, heavy machinery can go. Uh, friggin' Tucky did a somersault senton off the top of the pod. Uh, Rudin Ziggler, two of the best technical wrestlers in the game today. Uh, the Usos, the New Day, uh, two of the best tag teams we have on the SmackDown roster. And then there's Miz and Morrison who have improved vastly ever since their tough enough days, uh, also character-wise. And that really cool assisted skull-crushing finale with a double stomp that they did on SmackDown a couple of weeks ago looked really cool. 
So this was just spot after spot after spot. I mean, uh, Lince Dorado was just climbing around and up to the top of of the structure. And no one was paying attention to him. So out of nowhere, he does like the the suicide from the X Division spot where he does like a shooting star press off the top of the of the of the chamber, uh, coming down onto everybody and almost dying. And then his tag partner, who is Dorado's tag team, Grand Metalik eats a, a compactor, and you know Lucha House Party are eliminated like that. There's a really cool spot where the Usos do dueling splashes off the tops of the pod. Uh, of course, there is the storyline between uh, my spirit animal, Otis, going after the guy that stole his girl, Dolph Ziggler. Uh, there's finally a moment where they have uh, a stare down. They have a moment. Um, Otis is just betting the crap out of him. And he gets Ziggler in, like, in the corner of the pod. He charges at him, but Otis just stampedes out of the pod, out of the ring, onto the floor, just splatting down on ringside. Poor guy, just eating that whole thing. And that would be curtains for, for heavy machinery. Miz and Morrison retain after pinning the Usos with some kind of rope-assisted move. Uh, again, as I said, I was kind of on my phone throughout this whole thing. Uh I think I was probably texting stuff to my brother or to my cousin, uh, FaceTiming my parents uh, as well, which I think I'm gonna do once I'm once I'm done this. By the way, so that was uh, that was it for for that one. And number five, naturally, is Bray Wyatt and John Cena's promo from SmackDown, which took place live at the Performance Center, filmed in front of a live ostrich. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, in front of an empty arena. Now, this was a very creative idea by by WWE. Uh, of course, this was ha- this was just mere hours after uh, the Steve Carino virus canceled every sport from A to Z, except for the Iditarod uh, dog sled race. Apparently, that was on the front page of the Toronto Sun sports section. You know it's a slow news day in sports when you're running the dog sled race. No offense to that, because that is actually treacherous and hard to do. Because <laughs> you're manning all sorts of awesome, not awesome weather. <laughs> so, John Cena is in the ring, and he's uh, just talking about, you know, the, you know, the fact that he buried people. He's just like... You know, Bray Wyatt claims that his loss to Cena is what started his downward spiral. Cena said that people often blame him for their failures before listing all the setbacks they had. Why, after all these setbacks, does no one say John Cena was buried? Because they know who I am. You know, John Cena brought up, you know, the fact that Brock Lesnar decimated him upon his return to Monday Night Raw in 2012. Does not bring up the fact that he beat Brock clean in their match at Extreme Rules. Uh, He brings up, you know, WrestleMania a couple of years ago where he was just having a beer in the crowd and he wanted to have a match with Taker, but Taker wouldn't bite. But then all of a sudden, he gets this message. 
He bolts to the back. He comes out to the ring. And he's interrupted by Elias, who is then interrupted by The Undertaker. Undertaker tombstones Cena in like two minutes and defeats him. Although Cena last year at WrestleMania got his comeuppance by going thugonomics on Elias, and which I think was one of the highlights of the night because despite the fact that WrestleMania 35 was long, it had its moments. I mean, of course we had Kofi Mania. Of course we had Becky Lynch winning at midnight Monday morning. We had... Uh, I had to, no, Nia Jax won the women's title the the year before because, of course, this one had both divisions titles on the line. Ronda Rousey in the main event. The women's main eventing. Uh, it was long as heck, but I kind of enjoyed the show. <laughs> and, you know, John Cena brings all this stuff up. And he, had, he says that he accepted a challenge because he f- believes in the future of the WWE. But Bray Wyatt is not that future. I want to invest in people that earn it each and every single day. The reason why I took Bray Wyatt's challenge at WrestleMania is so I can take Bray Wyatt out of the equation. And then you hear laughter. And this seemingly empty crowd pans over. And Wyatt's in Wyatt, like... Funhouse sweater Mr. Rogers Bray Wyatt is in one of the empty seats. And he said that, you know, Cena is doing great as a Hollywood star with big muscles. And he, he says, you have me all wrong, John. You see, I'm not sick. You are. I know why you came here, John. I know why you can't say no. You don't really think... You really, you don't really think we think you care about the future, do we? John Cena cares about John Cena. And Wyatt claims, you know, Cena craves the spotlight. And he eventually began listening to the voices in his head after Cena broke him. And these voices in his head created the Firefly Funhouse. And it allowed the Fiend to put him back together. At WrestleMania, it's going to be a slaughter. You just don't know it yet. Let me in. Whew! Chills. And in an empty arena, in an empty performance center, which Monday Night Raw, tomorrow night, is taking place in, by the way. And you know what? providing that no one in WWE has Steve Carino virus and they're undergoing proper protocols and testing, which I know they are because they are a public, publicly traded company and Vince McMahon would be a fucking idiot if he didn't have this done. I mean, some wrestlers out there have shared locker rooms with sports teams and arenas that are currently in you know, lockdown, not TNA lockdown, fortunately, but you know what I mean. So I apologize for this just being a big jumbled mess of an episode, folks. Like anyone else, I want to help create a distraction. I want to help create some joy because I need it as much as you do. So thank you very much, folks. 
listen for this on the Russell Attic Radio Patreon. But as a treat to each and every one of you, I'm going to release it for free on my Fretzelmania feed on Anchor.fm. So I will tweet that link out with the Russell Attic Radio uh, link as well. So yep, listen for me every Saturday on the Game Changer podcast. And even if wrestling is cancelled, you know, Nate and I, we like to talk about game-changing moments, about monumental moments in wrestling. What do we have in store? Well, I don't know that yet, (laughs) but we will figure that out because, you know, we are the cure for, you know, the wrestling podcast. And although this is a line that that is used that was used by uh, our previous network by by rant with that it's something i still like to say i like to help you folks keep wrestling real so thank you very much again hit me up on the twitter at the legendary jf uh, you can send me a dm there you know if you're feeling crappy if you want to talk i'll do my best to um uh respond because, you know, I'm a working man, and when I'm not a working man, I like to have my my personal time, whether it's by myself or with my family. If you have the Anchor app, please, please do not hesitate to leave me a voicemail through the Fretzelmania feed, or heck, you can send it through Wrestle, the Wrestle Attic radio feed on there as well. Just put on the thing, for frets, and we'll put it in. I'm, I'll put it in an episode. So, peace out. I love you. God bless you. We'll get through this.